Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have another edition of the Bean Report. Also, Glendalee Allen Vossler previews the Canadian Cattle Association semi-annual meeting. And up first in today's country comment, we'll have details from last week's Thanks for Farming tour held in Winkler. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Thanks for Farming tour took place in Winkler last week. One of the keynote speakers was Dustin Mansfield. He's a tax partner with BDO Canada. Dustin talked about the emotional aspect of farm transition. Generally, times when I'm speaking, I'm often speaking about the tax rules, but uh, you know, over the last five or six years, I've taken a pretty keen interest in understanding you know, more in the emotional intelligence side of things and in to help me at home but also with, with dealing with uh, clients and, and oftentimes um, I can come up with a lot of really great tax planning uh, situations but um, if the family doesn't have the emotional side of things under check that often can railroad pretty much any plan you get down. What are some ways to I guess just recognize you know some of the emotions that that you're going through and then just how to kind of I guess keep things in check? Sure, yeah. So I think internally, it always starts with us, right? We can see how we're reacting. Um, and I talked in the presentation there a little bit about pausing before we react. Uh, that pause allows us to get the emotions in check, our own, uh, but also allows us to understand what the other person is saying to us. And so the more we can understand uh, in that space what's going on, uh, the, the lot better we have to diffuse and, and bring it back to a much more uh, you know, common ground for speaking to each other. You talked about how um, people are more emotional around family members, you know, compared to strangers. But um, just, just what are some of the challenges when, when going through this process? Yeah, so transition planning in itself is very difficult, right? For parents, um, there's a couple of pieces going on. One is kids taking over. You know, there's the concern for them um, from the parent side. Uh, there's the parent side of, you know, controlling and understanding their future in retirement or whatever that looks like and also entering a new chapter. And so you put all of those things together and add the emotions on the kids' side about, um, you know, them entering a new chapter and, and the, the, you know, the piece on their back and making sure mom and dad are going to be looked after over time. Uh, there's just so much intertwined there on the family side that, that just starts to, to break into all those discussions. Any other advice or, or key points that you wanted to touch on? I think most importantly, as I said in there, a couple important words in dealing with it is, is take a deep breath right before responding. Uh, but most importantly, I think, is go out and start talking about the transition plan. Um, like I said, many of them can take you know two, three, five years. And uh, many things that are an Income Tax Act um, when it comes to transition planning require certain characteristics or attributes. Um, could be number of years farmed on land versus rented, all those kind of things. And so as soon as they get you the ball rolling and understanding where you're at in that, the better chance you have to, uh, to succeeding in the outcome. That was Dustin Mansfield, a tax partner with BDO Canada. He spoke last week at the Thanks for Farming tour held in Winkler. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Crops being grown for the Canadian Food Grains Bank are looking good. Regional Rep Gordon Jansen was asked if he expects a later harvest. Probably will be. Um, I think some of the uh, projects will be harvesting now are uh, coming up in, in August, but there'll be others with the oil seeds and especially soybeans going later. He adds there were a few projects that did not get seeded this year due to challenges in the spring. And a number of factors are impacting the volatility in the fertilizer market. Josh Linville, Director of Fertilizer with StoneX Financial, says a lot of what's happening with fertilizer prices is based on the global situation and is being government-driven right now. 
When you look at the phosphate market, our main focus right now globally is China. Will the government allow exports or not? Uh, nitrogen, on my point of view, it's about European natural gas. It just cost them $1,000 uh, US to produce one ton of urea today with where natural gas is, and we don't even know if they'll have enough gas to produce. We lose that production, we lose a major amount of global supply, and we grow demand to replace those tons. Linville has 20 years' experience in the fertilizer industry and was one of the keynote speakers during Ag in Motion. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Agwire for Tuesday, August 2nd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Wasser will have details from the Canadian Cattle Association's semi annual meeting. The Canadian Cattle Association's semi-annual meeting is coming up in a couple of weeks. Glenda Lee Allen-Vossler talked about the event and some key issues of discussion for the beef sector with CCA officer Tyler Fulton. Tyler, what we wanted to focus in on this time around is the fact that the Canadian Cattle Association is getting set for its semi-annual meeting coming up August 15th to 19th. Can you fill us in? Yeah, so we're holding um, our meeting uh, in concert with the uh, Canadian Beef Industry Conference in Penticton. Um, so there's going to be uh, a, a ton of um, ranchers, uh, farmers from across the country, uh, as well as industry um, partners, um, all converging on, on that industry conference. And so it's a great opportunity for uh you know, for directors of, of the Canadian Cattle Association to um, to be, you know, part of those um, concurrent meetings and as well, you know, meet in our regular committee meetings um, that include domestic ag, envir- the environment, um, animal health, uh, foreign trade. Um, those are all some of the committees that are, you know, that are doing critical work, uh, well, really, on a on a on a monthly basis, um, it's it's not just at these annual and semi-annual meetings that we meet. Uh, we have uh, lots of virtual meetings uh, in between those as well. But it's a good opportunity to let everybody know, give everybody an update as far as what's happening and where we're going and what the key issues are. Absolutely, and there's so many. Um, it, it, as, as you know, Glendalee, um, you know, sometimes you can feel like you, you just get past, a, you know, a, a key issue that, you know, that has really been commanding a, a whole bunch of attention, and then suddenly there's two more that pop up that require just as much attention. So um, this really is a good opportunity to have everybody in the same room and um, and really figure out uh, what the best route forward is on some of these critical issues. What do you see as being some of the big issues in the cattle industry right now? Well, I'd say um, always foreign trade is, is a big issue. We have um, concerns over the, the CETA agreement. Um, that's the agreement with Europe on shipping um, beef there um kind of related to that is is uh, a possible new agreement that we may that we may see in the in the coming months or years in uh with with the uk and ensuring that we have reciprocity and trade there and really um really a focus on on not a lot of trade barriers um 
On the domestic egg front, um, one that's a committee that I co-chair with with Nathan Finney from New Brunswick, um, and uh, we have a lot of things going on there, um, not just uh, related to business risk management um, tools, but um, but uh, uh, programs kind of associated with. Um, kind of associated with the ecological goods and services. Um, and we, we're also anticipating uh, uh, a good presentation about a possible um, alternative um, to a risk management program in the future, uh, a pilot program that will be done in, uh, in Alberta, in the beef industry, uh, that is more along the lines of an insurance-based one. Um, so always just uh, so many, so many issues uh, to, to cover, but uh, I expect it will be um, interesting. And the insurance-based program would be different than the one we see right now in the West. Yeah, it's not, it would, it's not a livestock price insurance uh, program. Um, that too will be discussed in the, you know, in the domestic ag file. This is, um, this is a, I think, a broader revenue-based insurance. So not just price, but also you know your production. Um, and it's really just, I think, uh, a pilot program to figure out whether or not um, it's a model that could work um, going in, you know, going forward in, in future years. And when we talk about the the price insurance issue. That that has been something the Canadian Cattle Association has been trying to work on, is getting that into a a broader, more national program, right? Absolutely, yeah. And that that uh, priority has not changed for us. We would love to see a permanent national and cost shared program, um, so that it puts us on more of a level playing field with, um, you know, for example, crop producers that that received uh, the benefits of subsidized premiums for crop insurance. And I know it's been an issue that the Atlantic provinces haven't had something like this, right? Yeah, no, that's that's really a, a critical thing. Um, we're making slow progress on that. Uh, a pilot project has been completed in order to really uh, compile the appropriate market data in order to see if it's feasible to do it um but you know quite simply um it's taken too long and uh in order for this to be a national program we need all of the provinces and and the federal government to be on board willing to uh to step up and and provide this critical risk management tool to the cattle sector no doubt also some conversation around the packing industry what we see happening, what we want to see happening, where we want to see it it going. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, right now it's pretty evident that there's not a uh, not a lot of equity in where those consumer dollars are going um, uh, back through the supply chain. Um, you know, it's been pretty well reported that there's concerns that the you know in the cow calf. And even in the in the feeding sector, that uh, you know that the margins that have been seen in in the packing side and even the retail side are uh, are just not being uh, it's it's 
it's an inequitable distribution right now. And so I suspect that we're, we're going to talk a fair amount about that at the, at the meeting as well. Final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with people today? Just that I uh, really look forward to, again, meeting in person with, with everybody. It, it provides a, a different dynamic uh, that's needed uh, in, our, in, our, in our industry to maintain that strong voice and, and make sure that we're representing everybody. Tyler Fulton is an officer with the Canadian Cattle Association. Once again, the Canadian Cattle Association's semi-annual meeting coming up August 15th to the 19th in Penticton. Registration information is available at cattle.ca. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Roland 4-H Museum is open throughout the month of August. The hours are 1 to 4 p.m. The Manitoba Malt Barley Variety Trialed Field Day takes place August 3rd. That's tomorrow at the Elder Farm near Wawanisa. Coffee will be served at 9.30. Tours get underway at 10. Registration is required. Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers is hosting a dry bean research tour tomorrow at the AAFC Morden Research and Development Centre. Hear the latest on bean disease pathology, breeding objectives, regional variety trials, and more. And the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting a workshop titled Diversity Grazing August 4th. The cost is $30 and you can register on the MFGA website. It's time now for the Bean Report brought to you by Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. Joining us today is production specialist Laura Schmidt. Soybeans are setting and filling pods, staging them at R3 to R4. Soybean aphids have been confirmed in a few fields at low levels. Uh, These aphids are blowing in from the south and overall populations remain quite low here. Natural enemies are able to manage aphid levels. But if you are looking for more information, we do have an aphid fact sheet to manage them in soybeans, and that's available uh, in this week's bean report. So field peas, they're ranging anywhere from flat pod or R3 to full pod or R4 stages. Even some of the earliest seeded fields are beginning to mature. So once peas have reached the full pod stages where those seeds have filled the pod, fungicide applications are no longer recommended because we're within that 30-day pre-harvest interval of several products, and also because disease isn't expected to be affecting yield any longer. And once peas again have reached that full pod stage, they're also not as sensitive to pea aphid feeding, and control's not, uh, no longer recommended there either. Um, but on the other hand, if your peas were seeded a bit later this year and they're just starting to enter those early potting stages, now is the time to be checking for pea aphids and those second fungicide applications. Uh, we do have some peas yellowing in saturated soils from root rots. So if you're seeing some root rot in your pea fields, it's a good idea to get those roots tested to find out if that disease is aphanomyces. Uh, since this root rot, aphanomyces, is long lived in the soil, pea rotations really need to be extended to an eight-year break if it is present. So we really want to ID those roots. And there's a couple different places uh, you can send samples that we have in this week's report. For dry beans, they're ranging anywhere from R3 to R5, forming pods that are an inch or more long to beginning to fill seed. So continue to scout and assess the risk of white mold development in dry beans. And faba beans are at full pod with some foliar diseases just starting to show up. Grasshoppers do continue to be a main pest of concern. 
Defoliation thresholds change at later reproductive stages. So for soybeans that bloom to pod till stages, it's 15% defoliation. And more advanced soybeans that pod till to maturity, the threshold is 25% defoliation, unless you're seeing some of that pod feeding. So just new grasshopper thresholds uh, now that we're later into staging. Laura, talk a little bit about uh, soybean cyst nematode. So soybean cyst nematode, or SCN, it's one of the most yield-damaging pests of soybeans. So symptoms are easily mistaken for IDC or drownouts. Uh, it's also pretty rare to see above-ground symptoms at, at early infections. But if you're seeing something that's resembling IDC symptoms and the crop's not growing out of it, do dig up some roots to investigate. Uh, those above-ground symptoms are more noticeable on sandier soil types in a dry year, uh, but at low levels of infection, plants might be appear healthy above-ground. So digging up roots uh, in poorer producing areas is really the best way to investigate. Um, below ground, those symptoms you're looking for are whitish, lemon-shaped, lemon-shaped cysts on the roots, and they're much smaller than root nodules. Uh, if you're finding those, uh, that's when you want to give us a call at MPSG or Manitoba Agriculture so we can get those tested. This is a new pest to Manitoba, so we want to keep an eye out for it. And finally, you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Phytophthora root rot as well. So Phytophthora root rot, it's a root and stem disease specific to soybeans that will infect the crop at any growth stage. So it first appears as a brown lesion that's extending upwards from the soil line and those roots are discolored and unhealthy. So plants will be wilted and the leaves remain attached to the plant. Infection can occur in patches or you can have randomly infected plants throughout the field. So one lookalike to Phytophthora is northern stem canker where plants appear wilted. There's a brown lesion on the stem as well. But with stem canker, generally those roots will be healthy and the lesion won't be extending from the soil line. So that is uh, one way to tell them apart, whether or not that root mass is rotted. And the best strategies managed by Topthrow is going to be variety resistance, which you can learn more about in this week's bean report. To best use that variety resistance, you also need to know what rate of disease is in your field. So this year, if you suspect your field has a Phytophthora infection, give us a call as we're trialing a new soil test this year to determine the pathotypes of this disease in your field to better make that variety selection decision. Uh, you can learn more about this in this week's bean report at manitobapulse.ca. Thanks, Laura. Laura Schmidt is a production specialist with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. The Bean Report is brought to you by Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. You can find out more at manitobapulse.ca. Time now for another look at today's farm news. For farmers, trying to determine their best options when it comes to fertilizer can be a challenge, especially given the prices today. Educating yourself and monitoring what's happening in the global market is key. Josh Linville, Director of Fertilizer with StoneX Financial, has 20 years' experience in the fertilizer industry, and he says producers should look at hedging your options. I'm talking about hedging from the standpoint of if you're buying fertilizer, sell some grain. If you're selling some grain, buy some diesel fuel. It's both sides of the equation. My biggest fear for the farmers across North America is that we buy fertilizer and the price of grain drops by half. Or that we sell grain and all of a sudden the price of fertilizer doubles again. We want to make sure this is a year of so much volatility. We want to be hitting singles. We want to bunt for base. You know, if your worst decision on a layer of your farm is profitable, that's a good year. We live to fight another day. He notes farmers should be monitoring the war in Russia and its ability to export natural gas to Europe. Will China resume phosphate exports and will Lithuania allow Belarus to export potash through the region? And the Canadian Food Grains Bank is giving an update on its growing projects. Here's regional rep Gordon Jansen. 
from what I'm hearing, the projects are really doing quite well. We had such a late spring, uh, very concerned about, well, as, as all farmers are in, the, in Manitoba, but, or they were very concerned about the late seeding, but it seems like things are coming along. Um, a couple of projects weren't able to get the their their crops seeded. There has been a, that downside, but overall, uh, we're very hopeful for a good year. Johnson expects harvest to get underway later this month in some fields. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll focus in on mental health. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.